Welcome back to Aldi's Mummy and Me series podcast. Today I'm talking to Dermot Whelan and Dave Moore. You'll recognise these two more accurately, their beautiful voices from their wildly popular morning show on Today FM. We'll discuss strategies for maintaining balance and avoiding burnout. And we'll be getting some parenting advice, parenting fails. And we'll be talking about the worst dad jokes. How are you guys? We're great. great. How are you? Thanks for having us, Amy. I'm okay. Thanks a million for, for coming in. Um... I, I, I'm <laughs> you're on tenterhooks, Amy, because you're just back from your holidays. Yes. You're completely jet lagged. I actually don't think it's a jet lag. I think the problem is I slept too much last you, night. The opposite. <laughs> we just flip it over. Hi, it's Dermot and Dave here. <laughs> Welcome to the Aldi podcast. Uh, our guest today is the presenter, Amy Huberman. <laughs> Thank you so much. Is that much. easier? She might Can be a little bit quiet for some of the episodes. Just keep doing that on We'll just keep talking. For like 40 yeah. minutes. No, fine. Um, oh, jet lag is hard though, because it's like there's a um, half a second delay on your life. So if you're talking, you're you're about a half a second behind what's coming out of your mouth. And also, do you get that? <laughs> like like you're walking on, on the floor, but it's almost like quicksand or something. Like it's sort of, like whoa. You, you get like you've been drinking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. With, with none of the crack. <laughs> none of the no. crack. So we had this thing. I, I need to hear about your experience with you. I, I know that you were traveling recently. Traveling with kids, it's just, there's such a, you're on like heightened what's going to happen every five seconds. You're just trying to make sure your kids aren't too annoying for everyone else. It takes up a lot of your energy. <laughs> so after your relaxing holiday, you're just like, ah. Uh, um, the flight over was worse. The way back wasn't so bad because it was through the night. So there was some sleeping. Um, but we got back and I didn't think anyone was going to sleep because we were five hours behind where we were. But we all slept in too much. Like I woke up only about an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> the kids were all still asleep. So that's the thing. I think I've just, I've never slept more in my, so, uh, in my you're, parenting you're, life. You're overslept <laughs> is what you are. I had a full night's sleep and I do not know how to deal with it. <laughs> we're just never happy as adults, are we? No, you know, no. we, we finally get a chance to sleep and we're like, I overslept. I'm overtired now. I'm not, I'm too awake. I'm undertired I can't, yeah, and overslept. There's no way I'll sleep tonight. That's it. You're already. Pa- I'm already panicking. Yeah. But I actually have to go to Cork tonight, so I let the older kids sleep in, even though I know they won't go to sleep tonight because it's not you my won't problem. Be there. No, I'm not going to be there. Did you say Cork or Court? I have to go to, I have to, go to Court. <laughs> court in Cork. I did not tell you what happened on the flight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, fights broke. I, we got. Listen, we, we, it was fine. You're here. It. I'm going to know why yeah. I'm going to to Cork. And not and not court. Hopefully, hopefully not court. But did you have a disaster flying experience? I was nervous about that as well, but not for you. Even though <laughs> I, I mean, I do care if you had a good flight, but for me, <laughs> I was nervous about that. Uh, well, look, if you made it home and your bags came with you, I think that's a that's a success at the moment. Um, look, I I don't want I'm not don't want to do poor me as I have people because I put up a video after it happened on Instagram. Um, and it was like me and I, I was standing, we we're all standing outside the airport and I was like panning the camera around to my wife and disappointed kids standing at the side of the road when they were meant to be on a plane to Italy. But I have people coming up to me like, I don't know, like I lost the Eurovision or something. It's like, <laughs> I saw what happened. Are you okay? You're like, lads, it was just a flight. It's, it's okay. But anyway, long story short, we went to the airport. I was going to Italy to see my brother. He lives near Milan. So we were flying to Malpensa in in Milan and we got to the airport like ridiculously early because A, we wanted to be on time and not, you know, miss anything. But also we were all just really excited. So we went, yay, let's smell aftershaves and perfumes (laughs) for four hours and try on headphones we can't afford. Um, And anyway, the flight was delayed a bit more and then delayed again. And then eventually they started boarding people for it. And we were like, oh, thank goodness, that's it. And uh, then my wife and kids all went onto the plane and then they got as far as me. And then there was a big kerfuffle. And then he see he's on a watch list. A lot of people don't <laughs> yes, realize this, yes. but like since the, 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 the mid two thousands, he's I, I was stealing watches from the duty free. Um, but you, you wearing seven pairs of sunglasses <laughs> on your head? Yeah, <laughs> I stopped, and then they beat my passport a few times, and then there was on that phone. And then they were like, okay, we've got to take everybody off the plane. <laughs> so my wife and kids had to come and everybody else had to come off the plane. And then they went, plane cancelled. Plane no fly. And people were like, you know, in sort of, uh, you know, bad TV movie style. Hey, why do you mean it's not flying? You better give us a damn good reason. And they kept saying operational issues, operational issues. 
And uh, the hardest part of it actually was they go, okay, now get out. And you're like, I, I don't know how to leave the airport. I've never left the airport no. from here. I've often wondered about that about people who work there. How, how, how do they well, get in and out? They open up a door that's not very often opened and then you go back in and you find yourself at passport control again or like as if you've just come back <laughs> from somewhere except you haven't gone anywhere so we just kept feeling like, because we felt so cheated we kept wanting to shout we went nowhere we, we weren't on holidays uh, so we did beep through our passports and then we ended up out on the road and then we just went home. I, I, I'm i sorry, this is actually worse than losing the Eurovision. <laughs> I, I, I'm really, I feel really sad. So what did you, what did you do? Well, I, I spent 90 minutes on hold to the airline trying to... Was it your fault, by the way? Why were you the guy, why were you the No, I think it was just coincidence I happened to be standing there That's but hard. it just sprinkled a, a little bit of paranoia <laughs> in the fact that I had already said, you know what, I'm going to have some wine while it was delayed going... You know, I can think I can relax now out of dad yeah. organizer mode. You know that air marshal guy that they brought in after 9-11? He took one look at him and went, <laughs> operational issues. No one's, no one's flying. But oh, yeah. Shit. So, and it's horrible to be, if once you've gone, okay, I'm going into airplane wine mode where you're like, I don't have to make any decisions except what I want to watch or what I want to drink. Um, but then obviously I had to snap out of that because I had to organise the family. And How did you get home? Have you been, did you get to go? Is this, is this where the story ends? Uh, no, we, we didn't get oh, to go, but I took my family to Glendalough. Yeah, he went a, to Glendalough. For a night. So look, let's just go. Glendalough. <laughs> he went to Glendalough. <laughs> but we, in the airport. Again, worse than, no. We not, looked, I love Glendalough, but this, I, I wanted, I wanted, Milan. I wanted part two to be <laughs> Get out of the country for a bit. Well, we did look up at the departures and basically I checked every flight leaving Dublin Airport. I was like, our bags were packed. Let's just go somewhere. But we couldn't get onto any flight. It was, it was all booked out. I could have gone to Split in Croatia, uh, but I wouldn't have been able to get back for a week. So that was a problem. But anyway, I took the family to Glendalough. We stayed in a hotel down there and it absolutely lamped rain. So my wife has this video, which we sent to my brother oh, in God. Italy, of us sheltering in, under the roof of a stall that sells Aaron, Aaron sweaters in Glendalough and we're all in our rain gear going yay <laughs> <laughs> please when I mean, you're seven pairs of sunglasses that you couldn't even use <laughs> yeah so look you know it's it's not the end of the world it's happening everybody in every city yeah, in every airport still, in shit. the world at it's, the moment uh, it's to not to get to go away were the kids were the kids okay yeah, they no. were no, they were pretty yeah they were very disappointed actually that, that's the hardest part you know as grown ups you kind of get over it a little bit but uh, they were disappointed but look do you know what we ha we ended up having a lovely time and it sounds silly but I I was just really really grateful I woke up the next day going do you know what I'm really happy for everything that I have. And that sounds kind of trite and, uh, no, you know, a, Oprah. You need that. Uh, but I did. I just had an overwhelming sense that I'm, you know what, I'm, I'm really grateful for where I live. I, you know, my yeah. kids were all here. We're all capable of having fun today. So then we all went out and we had a great day. So Good, 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 good. And Listen, can we stop feeling sorry for him? I can beat that story hands down. With, ki with kids? Yeah, with but yours, children? yours was your It doesn't fault. matter whose fault it was. No one's pointing fingers here. Actually, Go do on. tell the story because it always makes me happy. Come on, please. So, <laughs> remarkably, he and I, best friends, have been away on loads of work trips, but we never went on holidays together as families. And our families love each other. We're similar age kids. Wives get on great. Both artists were like, let's go on a holiday. And we were like, yeah, where do we go? Let's go to Australia. That's a great idea. High fives, left, right and centre. We're going to Australia. So we flew to Australia, had an amazing time. German's other brother lives there, Jess Setting, Whelan family. Uh, and they went off and we went off. And we all went different places, kind of similar places, different times, whatever. And then ended up back in Sydney, ready to go home after three weeks in Australia. Holiday of a lifetime. Absolutely incredible. And then on the day we were flying out, uh, I, I knew the time I needed to be in the airport. And I am super organised. Are you? I am the guy that you want on your team. He's okay. early. He's early for everything. Okay. Like sickeningly early. This guy, you do not want to be relying on him. How his family ever get around the world, I don't know. But <laughs> I had a blue folder with every single thing I needed in chronological order and I got to the last one. And I glanced at the last one and I went, yep, ready to go. Kids, we're getting in the car, we're going to Sydney, we're going up the tower, we're going to have a view thing. And he's texting me going, hey, bit of heavy traffic on the way to the airport. And I'm like, what's he going to the airport? Like five hours early for it. His brother must be really organised or whatever. It's like, okay, kids, we're going to pack up in a few minutes. Yeah, no, take your time, get another ice cream, it's all fine, yeah. And then we get into the car and he texts me again. He's like, hey, you through security? I'm like, oh God, what is he talking about? <laughs> Driving a rental car. And then he rings me and goes, do like that? Like they're boarding the flight. Where are you? He, I think he thought it was some kind of a prank, and I was like, 
I'm not even, I'm dropping my rental car to a place where they then have to minibus me and my luggage and my family to the airport. He's like, our flight leaves in 20 minutes. I was oh like, God. our flight leaves in three hours and 20 minutes. He's like, no. And I say, <laughs> and I take out my blue folder and I open it up and all the colour drains from my face. Yeah, notice as I'm getting on the airplane, he still doesn't believe no. me. No, like, did like, not believe what you. What was I stepping onto an escalator just <laughs> pretending? <laughs> I'm boarding. So we got to the airport and the plane was gone with Dermot and his lovely family on it. And we were in the airport and there was no flight. And just let everybody know, if you need to book one-way tickets from Sydney to Dublin for the next day, they're very, very, very expensive. <laughs> like, very expensive. More expensive than the round trip was that you'd booked six months previous. And then it was a case of, okay, we have the flight, we're going tomorrow. Where are we going to stay? Like, we're out of our Airbnb, we've dropped the rental car, then we, one of my kids goes, there's a hotel there. And I went, oh, this will be cheap. And it's like a four-star hotel in the airport, which was almost as expensive as the flights for two rooms because there's six of us. Um, Desperate Hills Hotel <laughs> for people who have no other choice. Where it will be, yeah, ruin the end of your holiday. <laughs> yeah, so the, you know, then 20-odd hour flight or whatever it was back, you know, between stopping and The hardest part was on our plane when we kept going down because I knew where he was sitting. So every time we'd go down to the toilet, we'd see all the empty seats where the moors should be. I mean, I feel like that was hard for you, but like harder. <laughs> slightly, slightly harder. Well. Slightly harder. I have a similar um, Sydney story that I that is, was was just as heartbreaking. It was when um, uh, the Lions tour was on and my daughter was like four months old. Yeah. And I was so impressed with myself because I'm probably like you, German, not the best at all that stuff. <laughs> so I rely on other people to try and help me through that and go, they know what they're doing. I'll just follow them. But I had booked that we were going to Melbourne and Brisbane and I'd, I'd done all the admin stuff and I was so proud of myself. Got to Sydney, which was the last bit, which is also like, it was a shit week because Brian was dropped as well. It was yeah. just like, just that was the, it was the beginning of all the craft stuff. Right, yeah. But I arrived at like 10 at night with the baby and my cousin and uh, went to check in and everyone was tired. I needed, like, I, I had a four month old mm. with me. I went to check in. She's like, I can't, I can't find your booking. And I was like, you know, I was like, well, it, well, it, here's the number. I was getting really like uh, righteous about it. I was like, well, I, I booked and I know it, I know I booked this. And she's like, yeah, you booked for this day next month. And I was oh. like, oh my God. And she's like, I don't know if you know, but there's a really big rugby tournament on right now. So there's no accommodation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mildly aware of that. I know about the rugby tournament. So, <laughs> she, was like, she was like, the, our penthouse is available for six grand a week. And I was going, huh? Um, but anyway, my, my amazing in-laws basically vacated their room and moved in with my sister-in-law, which they were all delighted oh, about. wow. Because they were just squashed in together. I was mm. like, cool, can you hurry up and get your stuff out? She's really tired. She needs a nap. I'm just wrecked. Uh, but yeah, it, it's, it's scary when you're in that position. Yeah. And it, it's I just... would have totally justified the penthouse in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> you know, under that much pressure, the woman's looking at me thinking... The voice would be, go on, go on, you've no choice. <laughs> yeah, no this is what the business credit card is for. <laughs> Just do a podcast in the penthouse and you can expense the whole thing. <laughs> oh my God, the stress of that. That's that's sad. But you do, you've been away. So was that the first time? Have you been away since together as, fam as uh, no, families? No, no, no. Because no. we, no. we don't want to relive the nightmare of me missing the flight <laughs> so it can never happen again. No, but that was just, it was, it was, not, it was just before um, the year 2019. Yeah, we did that. It was great fun. But we'll do, we'll do something. It's a seven, we seven spend a lot of time on you. tour together as well. Yeah. So. yeah. Seven between us. Yeah, seven kids between us. I have four, he's three. How old are your youngest? Seven. So the twins are seven. Are they? Twin girls are seven. Wow. Yeah. Rosie is 11. Nice. So they all hang out and have great times together. The kids are probably just like family like now. There's like a silence. Uh, no, they, don't, they don't see each other that much. But what's okay. really interesting <laughs> is when they do, especially my boys, they idolize his because they're older. So I have a 12 and 10 year old. And he said nine. Sorry, Sam, 10. Uh, and your boys are what? 15, 16, 16 and 14. 14. So they're that big. They're like, they're like the older cousins. They're like, so we were at a cinema screening recently and as on the way up, as it always happens when Dermot sees me <laughs> in anywhere public, he just shouts out his voice, uh, no, <laughs> no. And he wags his finger as if like the whole cinema needs to go, what's happening? And he's just shouting at me and my kids going, no, no. <laughs> so... But my, my boys freaked out. They're like, are Owen and Matthew here? Or how can we see them? And I was like, well, Aww. yeah, but we're watching the movie and then we might see them afterwards. And they're running down escalators trying to meet them. So yeah, they We're do hiding in the back stairwell. Yeah. <laughs> They'll be gone any minute, kids. <laughs> They'll talk about Australia again. Don't talk to them. So how long do you guys know each other? Exactly 20 years. Yeah, 20 years this year. Congratulations, yeah. guys. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. And working together for that long. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, that's how we, we met. We were put in a room together. How? 
Why? It's a weird... It's a weird, weird story. Like, radio shows are not put together. No. Like, let's get random people who are not sure if they're quite good and give them the biggest breakfast show in the capital city. But somebody and did. And see it what happened. In 2002. They did. They so were they, obviously they, high. They put us in a room uh, and it was literally like a play date where they brought me in. Dave was in the room and they went, go in there and get to know each other and we'll come back in 20 minutes. Stop it, I love it. She did? Yeah. So then we got chatting and we were like, you know, we liked similar music. Uh, then he did an Alan Partridge impression, uh, which I thought was hilarious. And we were like, oh. And then they came back and, how are you getting on? And we were like, grand. And then they had us cut things out of magazines like, and make mood boards of our personalities. <laughs> it sounds it like does. we're making it up. It does. And one of this I can't remember so was it you or me. One of us kept cutting out male torsos and just putting them on the wall. Like we didn't know what we were doing, so we just had a laugh and just kept putting male. And I'm sure they were going, "Yes, there's one of them trying to tell us something. <laughs> I don't know what's happening." The last thing, like the last time I did that, I was in national school, and you know, I used to cut out a baby's head from yeah. like a formula ad and a <laughs> cigarette when it was still okay, and you'd make the baby smoke, and it was hilarious. <laughs> this is what we were doing. And this is but your I'll, job interview. I'll be totally honest amazing. with you. Like this genuinely happened. Alan Partridge, which is the thing we bonded over. Um, there's a line in in one of the episodes where he meets a guy called Dan and uh, oh yeah his, sorry, his girlfriend says so you like this Dan? and he goes yeah I'm convinced he's my best friend and he's met him like one time in a petrol station right? <laughs> I rang my girlfriend at the time who's now my wife uh, after I met him and she's like so what's the story? Like, and how'd you get like, there was this guy Dermot and she's like what's he like? and I was like I think he might be, as I said in his voice, I said, I think he's my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> and she cracked up because she loves Partridge. And lo and behold, we, he is your we, best friend. Yeah, so they kept us hidden for a few months working on this show uh, behind this door, which we later found out that all the other staff called the Stargate because so the, the, the building, future stars were through this door that no one else was allowed there in there. were two buildings that were, that were like a north block and a south block of the same building, but the radio station was in the south block and no one ever went to the north block. There was other companies in there, but we had the top floor. Like They gave us this like <laughs> most expensive real estate in Ireland. They gave it to the two of us. We had drums, guitars, computers, you know, what, keyboards, and you know, what we were doing. But there, I'd never even, I'd never no, even was this listened the same to radio. Route? No, this was when you'd actually made it through the play, the play group. Oh, well, that's where we had the play group. It was oh. in yeah, the same we had the room. play group in there behind the Stargate. And then, and like, and we said, we're not going to play normal jingles. We're going to write and play all of our jingles live in studio as we do the show. And they were like, great idea. Like, <laughs> like there's a reason. <laughs> like, we did it for, for like a week. <laughs> it was a shambles. I fell over the drum kit trying to get over to the microphone. Was this when you were on air? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, on air. 100% yeah. on air. On the biggest <laughs> breakfast show in the country yeah. that we had never have been part of before. Anyway. Yeah, but your jingles are, are good. Like the, the music. I remember one thing that you guys did on radio. Uh, I'm, as you know, and I love coming in to chat to you guys. Mm. Such a fan of the two of you. Just make me laugh so much. And just the, the sillier, the better. The <laughs> Hold back the river. I remember one of you guys were just talking about it, like the song for beavers. Just that, that. And that has been in oh, my yeah. head for probably <laughs> seven years. Every time that song comes on. Damn builder. German Dave's beaver. Beaver song also sounds a bit weird, but um, yeah. So you uh, you've been working on the radio together for for years, and have like kind of grown, I guess, grown up in your adult life mm. together after that after that play date, and then have had become dads and yeah. And well, we we remember all of our babies being born, each other's babies, mm. because you know we generally would have been in work, so I had to run a couple of times. Really? We did have to leave the show. Yeah, I was doing Dave's World on my eldest when when Tracy rang me and was like. It's happening, and I was. It was the show was six a.m. to ten a.m., and this was at nine oh seven. So what happens? You just like I have to go. Yeah, yeah he's literally. like I got to finish Dave's world. I got an amazing <laughs> fact about Venus that I I need to get out there. But after then that, I'm all yours. So, yeah, so did so, you make it? No, oh yeah. So I, I got home. I got her uh, driven into the the rotunda, and. Dropped her off, and when I went in, all the the nurses and the secretaries at the thing were like, "Dave, we heard you on the radio this morning. Oh my God, she's inside. Don't worry, she's fine." Because I got off and parked the car, or whatever. Like, oh, it's so exciting for you, guys. Dave is here from ninety eight FM. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever, right? And then I went into the kind of emergency room where she was just sitting around, and <laughs> she was in so much pain, she was crawling on all fours around the room, right? And then the male nurse came in, and he was like. Uh, Ticking boxes, and then he went. Uh, he didn't sit on her back. <laughs> he didn't think it was a game. By oh yeah, me and Dave did this in play, in play group. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But this he, is no time for horsey, Tracy. <laughs> Come on. He had a clipboard, <laughs> and he was taking this over, and he went. He goes, uh, "Could I just get your signature?" And I went, 
oh, what? And he's like, can I just get your signature? And I went, uh, uh, just, sorry, just, the time. just get your autograph, sorry. And I was like, yeah, autograph, whatever, yeah. And then he was like, yeah, can I just get your autograph? And I was like, um, <laughs> sure, yeah. And then I realized what he meant was, can you sign the admission <laughs> form? But because I thought that he was also a fan like the ladies outside, I then uttered words which, as Dermot knows to this day, have lived with me. <laughs> I tried to explain why I thought the man wanted my autograph. <laughs> and I said the words, sorry, it's just that I'm slightly famous. Oh, no, no. Right? Dave, no. At which point my wife, who is on all fours in agony, has a searing moment of, of, of clarity, looks at me and goes, are you fucking serious? <laughs> and then goes back into all fours and crawls around. Oh my God. That would be cool as the worst contraction. I just that, that the mortification. Slightly faint. Oh like, no. Jesus. Oh. Anyway, yeah. But that's good distraction. She should have been. I'm not sure she really appreciated it. Dave's in worse mental pain than I am physical right now because that was too embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so you were mostly, were you mostly like in work when your other halves went into labour? Um, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. We got a chance to go to the Euros in Poland in 2012. Ireland qualified. Incredible. And then we sat down in meetings and the marketing team went, and then this date and that date. And I just went, uh, sorry, like, yeah, my second child is due on, on, on that date that you're talking about in June at the match. And I'm like, well, 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 the whole show's gone. What can you do? And I went, let me just, and I rang Tracy was like, can I go to the Euros when you're due, Sam? And she's like, well, how quickly can you get back? I was like, well, probably the next day. She's like, yeah, fine. And so I went to the Euros and every day we'd wake up in our apartment and he'd shout in from the bedroom and go, any news from Tracy? And I'd check my phone and go, no, she's still fine. And he waited until we got back. He was two weeks late. No. And he arrived and we were back from the Euros. Yeah. Thankfully, Ireland got hockey by Spain. <laughs> we got kicked out of the Euros early enough. But she was pretty chill. Tracy was, she was like... totally chill. Ah, uh, yeah. She was like, fine, just get back whenever you get back kind of thing. Nice. Mm. And is she pretty laid back? Yes, very much so. Very much so, which is great because... Sure, when Andrew was born, uh, Dave ate her toast. (laughs) When Andrew was born? You know the way you get toast when you give birth? It's the nicest toast you'll ever eat in your life. Exactly, tea and toast. Dave ate it. What? I was really hungry. He fainted. I, I nearly He's slightly fainted. famous and when he gets hungry, he needs to eat. I was whole, you know when they do the epidural and, and, and you have to bend over and you have to keep, your, you have to keep really still because obviously they're injecting in between your, your spine, spine or yeah. whatever, in between your vertebrae. So the anesthetist was like, you have to hold her tight now. She's going to want to, you can't. And I was like, yeah, 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 I'll hold her tight, I'll hold her tight. And this had been obviously since we were on air, I, you know, I'd been up at four o'clock in the morning, had eaten breakfast at like half four and this was like noon. I hadn't eaten. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'll hold her still. I'll hold her still. I'm grabbing her shoulders. And then I was like, uh, I'm actually really hungry. And I'm like, is it really hot in here? And then I just kind of started to slump and the nurses were like, he's fainting. I was like, no, I'm not moving as I fell to the floor. <laughs> and then to bring me around, they brought me her toast and team and said, now, and oh, like six midwives going, now love, fanning me and feeding me toast. And she's <laughs> going, what is happening? It's the heat of the maternity hospitals is the problem. In fairness, like, they, are hot. So they are hot. hot. They and are hot. Dying to open a window. I know. Like, why can't <laughs> For mother the have fresh air. Freezing cold. <laughs> They're about to give fresh air. Child. Gotta be too the cold. babies want to come into the world with like everyone's breath Well, it's air. been inside for a long time. It's, it's not used to cold, fresh air. It needs temperature. They, they're boiling. Because I had, I had uh, but you're, and also when you're pregnant, you're so hot. Mm. You've got more blood, everything, everything. But it is, it is so, so hot. It is. In those, in those hospitals. And then you leave and you're, yeah, I've had most of, all my babies in the winter and the shock of coming out there. But people just swanning around in like, bikinis I know no. the best part is when they kick you out actually as the dad Yeah, there's a, it comes at like 6pm or something and they're like okay now dads you're all going to have to leave and you're like oh really but my child is here and I just can't okay <laughs> bye bye see you tomorrow I guess I'll just have to go and wet the baby's head then there's nothing else for it I w- if I had a choice I would be here with you darling and, and, the, and the baby I can't I remember the the visiting hours pre-COVID stuff. You're, you were met. You were you had to go. Yeah, still. They're, 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 hours, they're, yeah. they're pretty strict on how long dads can be there, mm. and they really just chuck you out. Now, look, you can't do anything except sort of sit around and get warm. Um, but <laughs> no, I think it, I mean being a health, being there to help is also good. Yeah. But then you just have to go home and get a good night's sleep. Yeah, that's it. And then they just wake us every hour, going, "Yeah, are you still 
wreck. Yeah. Could you mind your own baby, please? Uh, yeah, they are. They're boiling, boiling, boiling. But seven kids between you, and well, at least you were able to just, you know, you're all in Dublin and close to the maternity hospitals. So you could just leave and go in and. Yeah. No. It was, we're yeah, we are very. Were your wives yeah. legends? At oh being pregnant, <laughs> legends. <laughs> at being pregnant, particularly at being pregnant, actually, and particularly on the twins, because Tracy's a small woman, and the twins were so big; they were like seven pounds and eight pounds. So she had a fifteen-pound baby. Basically, she was huge. It's yeah. so hard on their slash your bodies. That's yeah. hard to watch. Yeah, from a distance. Obviously, it's harder if it's happening to you. But yeah, it's like it's just it really like a baby is very demanding. I think I I didn't really enjoy the whole pregnancy time because I, I you know I find that I just found it really you feel kind of helpless and your wife can be just going through all that you know the the physical side of that yeah. and birth I I think it's hard yeah, there's no husband I, to just watch. I know. know, and if there's even if you've got a relatively easy enough pregnancy, if you don't feel sick all the time, it, 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 I don't know anyone who doesn't find that last bit unbearably uncomfortable. There's nowhere to go. You can't, and you, there's no, you can't sleep. It is, it's, it is. But twins, I can't even imagine. And like having four, going from two to four, was that? Yeah, two, two to four was was crazy. But I think like one to two was kind of more yeah. of a shock because. With one, it's so focused on the one, and you know, everyone has like, let's make a fuss, and let's, make, you know, and it's, it was all. I won't say it was it was easy. It obviously isn't easy, but it was that jump from one to two when all of a sudden you were like, oh my god, like we both have to. I've got one, you've got the other, but then he needs this. So I think once by the time the twins came along, I was just like, oh whatever, they yeah. can just raise themselves, yeah. like doing double <laughs> double bottle feels feed. So you have the, the two bottles in one hand. Yeah. They're on that kind of crescent moon cushion. I'm just watching telly, yeah. watching YouTube, doing oh, whatever. that it was cushion. Fine. The cushion, the crescent cushion was everything. Yeah. And I used to nick it all the time. And muslin squares. Yeah. yeah. Like, where do they go after I do, I, babies I didn't, go? I didn't use them on the third. They didn't, didn't feature. They just what t-shirts. everywhere. I just don't think he was a puker. So oh, I was just yeah. like, okay. I, I just didn't use them. Yeah. A friend of mine had twins first and then had a, a single baby. Is that what they're called? <laughs> <laughs> a wonner. <laughs> <laughs> she had a two-er and then a one-er. Yeah. Um, and she c- couldn't get over how easy the one-er was oh. because she had the two-er first. And I'm oh, so I'd glad so, that, yeah. that we had the twins at the end because yeah. I think if we had had them first, I don't think we would have had any more. Because weirdly, I was in school with uh, two of my best friends in school and we all have twins, which is just kind of strange because there's nothing paternal about twins. Um, so he, my, my best friend Dan had a child, a child and twins, just like I did. And my other friend, Dunica, had twins and then a child. So... I always look at Dunnick and go, that was way harder. Yeah. It was way harder to start with. Now, he argues that he knows no, he knew no better. Yeah. So if you're going to do it and you have a child, you might as well have two. At the, but I was like, no, I'm so glad. Well, I she's, one, my one, mate said she sailed the one She was like, mm. this is, uh, like, I don't yeah. even feel like I'm parenting. No, it's <laughs> so easy. It's so <laughs> what are you all you lazy pricks giving out about? Yeah, this is totally. like the easiest thing I've ever done, just, just have one kid. Bernardo's is going back to school with Aldi. If you're aged 4 to 16, you can enter the best part of summer art competition to be in with a chance to win a €1,000 art bursary for your school. For more information, visit bernardos.ie forward slash Aldi and show us your artwork. Well, I have to say during COVID particularly and in lockdown, we were so grateful that the girls had each other. Yeah. Because yes. as every kid was isolated... And obviously, the, the age gap between the two boys is fine. Like, it's two and a half years. They're still able to play football. They're not that massively different in age that, like, you know, one of them is so much better than the other. There's a bit of that, but that's typical brothers. But for the two girls to have their best friend in lockdown with them, we were just going, this is amazing. Yeah. Like, this is properly. They're so lucky. And they won't know that until Do they get on? Older. Is there they, scraps? No, there's never, like, they're, they're genuinely like, and they don't look like in the slightest in their personality. So they actually are really like sisters, as opposed to this kind yes. of identical twin thing. Where yeah. They're not identical. They're, they're, yeah. They couldn't be more different. So they're just like, they're literally like two best friend sisters that just hang out. And they're so happy to hang out all the time, you know. They did look the same though for ages. Oh, for ages they did. Yeah, yeah. You babies kind of do go, look a bit the same, don't they? Hi, <laughs> child <laughs> two. Anna, Your wife gave us. I think she might even have knitted them. Gorgeous thing one and thing two hats. No, the, um, from the 
what's his name? Doctor yeah. Doctor Zeus. She knitted them. Did she knit them? Yeah. No. No. Well, she, but they yeah, were gorgeous. She, did. <laughs> <laughs> she knitted them from no, Etsy with a credit card. Where we got them. <laughs> But anyway, yeah. they were gorgeous. Yeah, but that's not that you're, you're married to, to you're married to two artists, mm. and yeah. I didn't. I uh, your both your wives are, are incredible artists, and I only really discovered your wife's talent when I um, it was my first proper grown up thing I did, apart from having kids and all that kind of stuff. I got, like commissioned a piece of art from your wife. You did for our tenth wedding anniversary, yeah, and it was a big was surprise. Honest. Yeah, but uh, God Almighty, I was so delighted to. We um, she painted uh, peonies. That was our wedding flower. <laughs> I remember um, unveiling it to Brian for our wedding anniversary, and it is really. And he was like, "That is ama- It's incredible. It's beautiful. That it, that is a present for you." Yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> yes, a painting like, of flowers. He's like, he's like, "We had wedding flowers. What are you talking about?" But they weren't even in a, like an IRFU vase or anything. No, no just. I did say that. Yeah. Would you have known the painting? He goes, "Absolutely not a chance. <laughs> no I've never seen a flower like that. that in my life." <laughs> no way. You know that. <laughs> but I got it. Is it's in our whole. I absolutely love it. She's oh, she's amazing. Cool. And Tracy is. Uh, we had the, her her um, prince in our kids' room. They're just. Can I have your permission to tell the story go about on. the prince? Oh, yeah, go for it. Because we've never told somebody. Because I didn't know whether you'd be okay with it. Wait, is it <laughs> okay? Say, go for okay, it. this is amazing. So <laughs> <laughs> Tracy was giving Amy three prints for the kids' rooms or whatever, and so I was arranging with Amy to drop them over to the house, and she was like, "Yeah, come over this day." At that time, and we was all back and forth. I was like, right, fine. Wednesday, I bring her over. And Tracy was very excited because Amy was getting her pictures and whatever. So I call over and I, I go up to the gate and there's workmen in the garden. Obviously, they were doing something. And I was like, uh, hell yeah, I'm just going to, because it's okay if I could just come through. And they were like, yeah, actually, just go around the side because they're, they're in the back garden. I was like, okay, grand. I think we were still getting the house. We just moved in. We just moved in, yeah. So I, was thinking <laughs> it was good. so I went round the side passage, right? And I, Crazed fan no, but breaks into oh, it. This worse. has got Evening Herald written all over it. <laughs> so I walk down the side passage of Amy and Brian's house and I walk into a glorious back garden. The sun is shining. And I look around and I can't see anyone. And then I hear talking in the corner. I look over and Brian is sitting there and he's having a meeting <laughs> with two men. Right. <laughs> And this is this is lockdown, so it's masks, right? So he looks up and he sees me. And Brian and I know each other, but not well enough that he's going to go like, oh, it's Dave. He's going, there's that guy. Who is he again? He's your man from the radio. Why is he in my back garden? What is actually happening? So I walk over, he walks towards me or whatever. And I went, hey, Brian, <laughs> it's Dave, just in case you didn't know. He's like, yeah, yeah, how's it going? I was like, I'm just dropping off the prints for Amy. And he's like... What are you talking about? I always forget to mention she everything. She said a word to him. <laughs> the prince of where? Yeah, he's like, what are the you talking about? The prince of Brunei. I'm dropping off the prince. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually code for can I use your toilet? <laughs> <laughs> I need to drop off the prince. That's just some cute slang I have for what but I have to do every day. He had to then like <laughs> process the fact that I'm in his back garden while he's in a meeting giving him something he doesn't know anything about and his wife isn't there. And I was like, Amy Hoover, you are dead. How can you do this to me? To Ireland's rugby hero who now thinks I'm such an idiot and I'm breaking into his house through the side passage. I swear to God, it happened. It doesn't happen on a daily basis. The amount of stuff that we forget to tell each other, we're like, ah, yeah, yeah, it's grand, it's grand. You just look down in your pajamas. Yeah. Somebody's. <laughs> yeah, better tighten that security as well, Amy. <laughs> All the work been like head around it, yeah. do whatever you want. Oh my god! Anyway, that was lovely. But I have both all all of your wives, all of your wives, wives princes art up in our uh, up oh, in our house. We're very proud of them. Yes. They're amazing artists. They we really will are. tell the prince you are pleased. <laughs> Oh jeez, I love it. But has your li- has has life changed since? Like, do you long for those days before it, or do you, are you just? It is properly the most amazing thing that I've ever done. I don't know. If I can absolutely with confidence say that. Like, it's I, I enjoy them so much. And yeah, there's loads of challenges, you know, and uh, challenges of all different ages. So as they come up through their ages, you're presented with different challenges all the way along. Like now, I've got a almost teenager, and it's like, what time are you coming in? Have you got your phone? Why are you answering? How much money did you spend? You know, whereas with the girls you know it's it's like it's completely different worries so you're kind of you're balancing all these things as you go along but it is literally the best crack do you worry are you a dad worrier or do you are you to kind of go i'm just going to roll with whatever this phase is yeah i'm totally the opposite of worry i'm not i'm not i'm trying like as in of course I can, i'm concerned about them of course i want the best for them but i don't waste my time worrying about things that you know may or may not happen no. i i just try and let them 
let them exist and let them do things and let them like without within reason, obviously. But there's but like yeah. a friend of mine who bought. He's like, you know what? There's just too much this over parenting going on. We need to go back to the way we were, the way our parents were. Uh, so he bought his uh, eight year old a knife, like uh, you know, for sharpening sticks. Yeah, yeah. They were going. Uh, he had it about two old. hours. Stabbed himself in the. <laughs> Then he'll learn. Straight to A&E. <laughs> so, he yeah. himself again. The switchblade may not be the best idea. Maybe, you know, maybe that was something good Here's that came machete. out of the 80s that we moved on from. Yeah. But did you not have a pen knife? I feel like everyone was given yeah. one of those as a kid. I did, I had one, yeah. Like the Swiss Army ones. Uh, it, was, was like it wasn't a, fancy. It was, a, it was a like a fake Swiss Army that someone brought back from somewhere on holidays. It had a little tweezers. You could also take out the top of Yeah, had a tweezers, had a little scissors, which was as blunt as anything. But it had a, the blade was sharp enough, yeah, but I had to mind it. And, and a can, or a bottle opener. Like as if I was going around popping like Budweiser bottles when I was six, but whatever. Yeah. But it was yeah, I Old remember school that. Coca Cola bottles though. Yes, yes, true. Always good true. to have a bottle opener for them. Mm. Um, Jeremy, are you good with your kids? Uh, talk to us about the meditation stuff. I need. Uh, can you teach me? <laughs> How long have we got left? <laughs> Some people are beyond help. <laughs> meditation doesn't work. Medication <laughs> though. That's okay. brilliant. <laughs> Take it all. Um, of course, I can. I can uh, share any tips or techniques with you. Um, yeah, the kids are great. I mean. I Probably the most, the question I get asked the most after any talk or uh, stage show or whatever that is from audience members is, uh, how can I teach this to my kids? Yeah. Or how do I get my kids into this? Because a lot of people these days might have, you know, an anxious nine-year-old or a teenager that's going through some stuff. And I always say the, the easiest thing to do, and it may, may, may not be the answer that people want to hear, is that lead by example. So... You know, when we were growing up, a lot of the time our, the, you know, stress management that was demonstrated to us by the adults around us was generally opening a bottle of wine or lighting a cigarette. That was kind of it in terms of stress relief. Um, whereas if we can introduce something, you know, into our family situation that is, you know, alternative to that, um, you're at least showing that, look, when mommy and daddy are experiencing a little bit of stress and they have a lot on their plate, there are things that they can do. And kids, like their natural state is in mindfulness. You know, mm-hmm. when you were a kid, you sat down, you played for hours, you were intricately involved with your Lego or your toys or, what, you know, whatever it was. Um, so that's a very natural state for them. So if they see you you know, say doing a guided meditation, you're listening to it on your phone, you're lying on the bed. I guarantee you, your kids will gravitate into that space because they can sense that peace in you and they'll want to be part of that. And that's kind of their happy place anyway, where they spend a lot of their time. So, you know, leading by example and doing a guided meditation on any of the apps or anything like that, um, it will then start teaching an example of them that there are things you can do. You know, they may not get straight into the meditation there and then, but they, when they're stressed, it, it won't be uh, a big leap for them. So my daughter is 11 and she would listen to a guided meditation pretty much every night going to sleep. Could be YouTube. Oh, DermotWhelan.com. Inside Timer. Or, well, no, she doesn't listen to mine because that's kind should. of weird. Um, <laughs> Dad. Dad, Daddy's like... <laughs> Just or do you relax. have to do it live, live there? Yeah, but yeah. also be stranger. You can just do it live <laughs> for her. Like, like, like hidden from you on the carpet. On the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, uh, k- kids, you know, they, they are very open to it. And we can see that in schools because they're introducing, you know, mindfulness meditation techniques into loads of schools where they might do five minutes first thing in the morning just to ca- settle the minds because you don't know, you know, what environment kids are coming in from and just to relax their nervous systems and prep them for learning and the same after lunch, you know, and it's, it, it's incredibly impactful and it only needs to be a minute or two. You know, sometimes people think, well, I'm going to sit my kid down for a half an hour. Uh, that is not going to happen. No, no. Uh, they might come and join you for 30 seconds or a minute, then get up and walk away. But they've actually still got something from it. And again, it's about normalizing things for managing stress so that when they are experiencing some difficulties, they've already seen it demonstrated to them so they can... You know, they'll be more likely to lean into that kind of stuff. So when did you, what year did you write your book? Uh, Mindful. It came out last year, wasn't it? 2021. 20, yeah, I wrote, yeah, I wrote it in lockdown. Did so you? I wrote it in 20 and it came out in 21. Yeah. When was meditation? Did you bring that into your, your daily life? Oh, that's like at least 10 years ago, okay. about 2009 around then. Yeah. Um, quite by accident. I met a, a lovely lady called Siobhan McKenna wanted me to launch a book that she had written, a novel, um, and just MC the event. And when I got talking to her, I discovered that she taught meditation to the guards. So wow. I thought, hmm, 
there's something in that and I'm a bit of a stress bucket. So maybe I'll try it. So we did a swap, you know, a bit of a barter on the the book launch. You gave me an hour of meditation teaching and I just loved it. Amazing. Yeah. And do you, does that definitely manage your worry? Is your Does your worry come at night time, do you think? Or? It's funny. For me, it never really manifested as me lying in bed going, I'm so worried about that thing. What yeah. if all my family drive off a cliff? I, I wasn't having that. For me, it manifests physically. Okay. So suddenly my sleep would be crappy and I'd be waking up at three o'clock in the morning every night for no reason, like worrying about random stuff. It would be as if, and I know this is the same for a lot of people, my brain does a, you know, would tend to do a search. It's like it's trying to access all the files looking for something to worry about. So it will go, your job, and you go, mm, everything's okay there. Uh, the family, everything's okay. And then it would just find something like... I never did the tax on the car. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah, yeah. now you're in that, <laughs> you know, and basically that's just way too much cortisol in your system. I, you know, I hadn't brought my nervous system down. I, I compare it to, to Jon Snow from Game of Thrones where, you know, his character is always up on the wall looking out, worried about something, you know, some vague invisible threat coming over the wall going, they're out there somewhere. Yeah. And basically my, you know, my nervous system thought that I was Jon Snow. And there'll be no sleep tonight. I've got to think about the motor tax. Um, so, yeah, so that's how it manifests for me. So I would get tired and grumpy and my mood would change and my sleep would be bad. So I have these kind of physical tests now that I, I know if I'm getting a bit frazzled, then I go, OK, I need to do a little bit more of, of the meditation and, and just spend more time in that rest and digest yes. state, as they call it, as opposed to fight and flight. But I think it's lovely to be able to talk to kids about that instead of kind of going, everything's fine, everything's always fine. Just being able to go, how do you manage when you do feel nervous or you feel worried about something? Because it's normal for everybody. And especially with the kids, like just trying to tell the kids it's OK to feel that way. How can we help? Guys, parenting fails. Would you have like? Would you have any that spring to mind? Yes, uh, on baby one, um, Owen, who is now sixteen, uh, I had my first weekend at home with him, and uh, my wife went away. And you know, this was like, look, everything's gonna be cool. Just go have a great time with the girls. And uh, she came home anyway on the Sunday and everything was fine. And she's like, uh, oh, um, I meant to say, actually, got it. you presume you got them. Uh, I forgot to get wipes, you know, before we left. And I was like, no, 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 I found them. And she's like, no, no, we, I literally, we don't have any. No, but I, I, I found them in the bathroom. And she's like, okay, let, can, you, can you show me the ones you're using? Yeah, sure, the white ones. So, and I was saying the best thing about them is that they're huge. They're bigger than the normal ones um, and they foam up a lot, which is great. <laughs> they were made it really easy to clean as behind, you know. And uh, so show me them. These were bathroom wipes extra large, <laughs> heavy duty. So that when I did wipe as behind, you got this lovely foaming... <laughs> Like there wasn't a hint of lime scale. Can we do, like everything was gone. Does he have any skin left? I'm sorry. <laughs> it's grown back. <laughs> it's been a rough years ride. of skin grafts. Yeah, but, uh, I just used the window cleaner and it seemed to come up. Uh, but yeah, so she was like, "Okay, probably not best to use those, and maybe I'll never go away again." I love it. Um, Dave, go. Yeah, I was at home with one twin. Uh, they were very rarely been apart, but at this point, there was one little hospital appointment for one. So Tracy was gone in, and the eldest fellow was around. So I had the so Anna would have been like maybe six months old so Sam would have been about three and can you look after the two of them of course there's only two I've got four I can look after the two of them it's fine and phone rang on the phone whatever went back out to find that Sam so Anna was in her walker bouncing around the place and bumping off things and he was colouring on the uh, kitchen table whatever and what he had done was he had taken his bowl of porridge and he poured whatever was left there was a good bit left onto her head so she was caked in dried porridge and then had taken a marker and had coloured her entire face navy. <laughs> right? Which he was going, I'm doing your makeup. And she was just like six months old gone. I don't know what's happened. My brother's giving me attention. This is great. So I came off the phone to my wife gone. She was, everything, I was like, everything's fine. Sam's colouring. Anna's walking around. I'll go in and, and I'll ring you back in a while. And like literally her entire face <laughs> was navy and her entire hair was dried porridge. But she didn't go outside the lines though, which was very <laughs> impressive. <laughs> So impressive. <laughs> it was good art, yeah, artistic. It was, it Did it dye bad. her skin navy for no, a day or two? No, thankfully it was one of those kind of colory things that was quite child friendly and like it wouldn't have, it came off after a, a lot of bathroom wipes of what I probably should have used when I used to use regular <laughs> yeah, ones. Yeah, I'd recommend the large <laughs> bathroom wipes. <laughs> Get that phone Very going. effective. Yeah, but also I just remembered as well something else. Um, my When Sam was two, he was in um, Montessori and 
he, my, the teacher was such an angel. She used to wait till everyone was gone home and then she used to drop Sam back to Tracy because Tracy had the twins, save her coming all the way into Montessori. So she was like a, just such an angel. Kira, how are you? Um, but she used to give Sam her phone at the end of the, the school day so he could just kind of entertain himself while she packed up all the other kids and said goodbye to the parents and did whatever. And he used to love the owl, which was Snapchat. Because he, he loved, when he, he pressed it and he would see his own face and he knew how to do filters oh, yeah, 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 and whatever. Yeah. So he took a picture of his face, like from a weird angle, kind of like just this tod- like t- two-year-old toddler face. And he wrote Sam. He knew how to write. He was quite smart. So he knew S, A, and then he knew there was a letter at the end. So he wrote S and he held down the A and it turned into an A umlaut. And he wrote P. So it said SAP or SAPE. And then he sent it to her ex-boyfriend. No, <laughs> so stop it. Her ex-boyfriend got a Snapchat from Kira that was a picture of a kid's head and said, Sap. <laughs> I have it printed on a t-shirt. Did she get a response from him? Yeah, he was like, Kira, what? Like, it was just, he, he understood. That's how funny Sap. With an umlaut. Sap. I remember one Halloween, uh, my my little fella, like they're all really blonde um, and he was like dressed up as a lion and had like face paint on his face. But whatever it was, it did not come off, I think for about a week. He just had uh, orange skin and the amount of people I met, they were like, do you put fake tan? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just orange all over his wow. face. I was like, yeah, dude, I, just, I just need to get better at like rubbing it in. Better get a mitt, get a real mitt. Um, what's your, what's your, what's your favourite dad joke, both of you? Oh, Wow. I'll tell you mine. I, okay, I, it was go. a joke that I, I wish I'd made up. I just, I really wanted to throw a ball for my dog. I mean, it was probably extravagant, but he looks uh, beautiful in a tux. <laughs> yes. So I love it. I absolutely yeah. love it. I have to step aside uh, for this question because Dave is the king of bad jokes on our radio show and I, I wouldn't pretend to be uh, going up against him. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the one I told Sandra Bullock. How about this, right? So yeah. we're face to face in an interview and jokes came up. I can't remember how, but I said, can I tell you about a dad joke? She's like, yeah. I said, okay. So I was over at my grandparents' house and I was taking the dog for a walk. And as I was walking out the door, my granddad said, hey, don't forget poo bags. And I went, all right. Granny, come on. <laughs> did Sandra laugh? She laughed. She did. she did laugh. And then she went, why is it always the granny? <laughs> It could have flipped it and she'd have a bit yeah, of a gender yeah. issue. But she did laugh. She did. She did laugh. <laughs> Granddad can be poo bags too. He can, of course he can. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, before before we go, um, talk to me about all, everything that's going on. Dave, I know that you have recently uh, written music for television. I did, That I yeah. am actually watching at the moment. You're watching Stay Close. Stay Close. I started watching it when I was away. And I know Daniel, I've worked with Daniel, who you went to school yes. with. So Daniel, who I mentioned before, who has the same kind of child order as me. Yes, he's single, got four, single double. four he's kids. He's got four kids yeah. as well. Um, so he is a director, a drama director and doing phenomenally well, working yeah. in the UK and he makes uh, a lot of stuff for Netflix. He's done three Harlan Coben shows uh, for Netflix. He did Safe, The Stranger and Stay Close. So he rang me one Friday in a panic and went, can you do music for me? And I was like, yeah, what do I need? He goes, I need a La La Land version of Radiohead's Creep. And I was like, whoa, that's a big one. Okay. And I needed to be a duet between a man and a woman. Right. And I need it by Monday. I was like, Dan, it's Friday. He's like, someone called Charlotte's going to ring you. Bye. And he went back to set. And then I got a phone call. Hi, Dave, it's Charlotte from Netflix. Could you please possibly do And I was like, Jesus, okay. So I spent the whole weekend doing it. I got Louise Carroll, who is in the bass player in the Blizzards, a phenomenal human and a great singer, to sing. So I just sent her over the thing, went, sing on this. And she sent it back, whatever. And I made this piece of music. So it is literally like a orchestral La La Land big 40s orchestra version of Radiohead's Creep and then how far into the series are I've you? I've seen that seen bit and I think it's the, the sta- one of the standout moments. Thank you. I haven't, watched, oh, I haven't watched the full series but it's and I don't want to give anything away. Start of episode three. It's very creepy. Mm. Visually looks incredible and the song is amazing. Well thank you. Well done. I was so movies. excited to read that. I was like that was brilliant. I know I was really proud of that one and then there's another little bit at the end of uh, episode 8 the final episode there's an event I won't talk anymore about that because it's a spoiler but there's also music in there I did too so but so Dan just knows that's my skill set like take a song turn it into another song really quickly with no time and lo- like he knows that I can pretty turn specific it good skill set yeah. to have I do a Netflix <laughs> that's what lead I did before I weekend. worked in radio yeah Wow. Hey, I did the same thing to you on the Republic of Telly. Yes, Dave, you we did. need a Christmas song in an hour. <laughs> he did. Okay. <laughs> and I came over and it's we recorded good, it live. Very, very good under pressure. Yeah. 
It's got to be pressure. Well, if I have time, I want to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. Well, that was amazing. Well done. You. Do you want to do more TV music stuff? Uh, music stuff is like that's all, all joking aside. That's what I did before radio. Yeah. I was a musician, a songwriter, producer. That's what I intended to do for the rest yeah. of my life. And radio kind of came out of the blue, as Dermot mentioned at the start. We were put on a play date in a room. Um, but so I, it's one of those things where you need. I'm sure it's like acting. You need to do it. Yeah, sure. To be at the top of your game. I know, and in it, I know. And and then you're, when you're in it, then somebody knows they can call on you and whatever. So when these opportunities come along, I don't say no. Yeah. But I, you know, I do look there and go, oh, I wish, I wish I was, I had done six projects over six months and then did the Netflix thing. I know. Do you know, know what I mean? But I like, look, it's you just take the chances and they're great. And well, I'm so it was grateful. Brilliant. Well Thank done. You. Well yeah. done. And Dermot, you've, are you writing books at the moment? I'm not at the moment, um, but people can still get Mindful yeah. is my book if they're interested in uh, dipping into meditation and having a laugh. Uh, but I will be bringing back the live show. I yeah. did a kind of a tester tour earlier this year, which sold out, which was brilliant. So I'm going to be doing a bigger nationwide tour at the beginning of next year. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, so, so hopefully can people tickets, get tickets? They will be on sale in kind of early autumn. That's the plan. So Amazing. Um, yeah, so that they're phenomenal. It's a mixture of stand-up and meditation, which sounds weird, but really works. I'm and coming. That is it's great. great. That sounds amazing. It genuinely amazing. is really great. And then the podcast. So I do a podcast with Neil Delamere. Yep. Um, it's called Why Would You Tell Me That? Yeah. He's seeing other comedians behind my back. <laughs> Not behind your back, it's blatant. Oh, it's in my face. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, it's really fun. It's basically, he, it, I do Dave's role on the radio show where I tell facts to a disinterested audience, i.e. him, the rest of the team and the listeners going, you shut him up and he's just going shut up. Neil is the opposite. He loves a fact and we like to out-fact each other. So each week on the, on the podcast, one of us knows what the big story is in part two and we bring an expert in but the other person has no idea so he's like the voice of the audience because they're going what the hell is this going to be about amazing yeah it's called why would you tell me that go have a listen we will I will I will guys it was brilliant to have you and thank Thank you you so so much much, for sharing your wisdom and your crack thanks for having us yes thank you to Aldi for having us Yeah, and we'll see you guys soon yeah defo I'll be in your back garden with Brian (laughs) dropping off the prince dropping off prince (laughs) 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 thanks so much guys Thank you so much to Dermot and Dave for taking the time to chat with us. You can listen to Dermot and Dave weekdays from 9 to noon on Today FM. Please like, subscribe, tell all your friends about the podcast and don't forget to share your stories at aldi.ie forward slash mamia. Aldi has everything for new babies and toddlers. No surprises then that our Mamiya range romped home or rompered home with 17 wins at the National Parenting Product Awards, including goals for Mamiya Air System Nappies Size 6 Plus, Mamiya Nappy Sacks and Mamiya Organic Baby Food range, making Aldi the most awarded retailer at the awards. So for mums and dads everywhere, honestly, we could not be nappier. Aldi, every day amazing.